Welcome to the pod, everyone. A shout out to SGS. Hey, Rusty, why are we uh, partnering with SGS? Uh, uh, some, some, some good people there. Pretty excited about their sports coaching courses and sports courses. Keen to make them industry ready so when people leave, they're able to go and transfer it to any kind of industries, coaching, teaching, being an analyst, business, whatever it might be. So I think, uh, yeah, I think it's pretty exciting times, really. So what's so special about their degree courses that others wouldn't be doing? I think it'll be lots of uh, real good partnerships, uh, opportunities for people to, to get into different contexts and learn and practice. It'll be feel very applied. People will be stretched and supported and will leave yeah, ready to just go and thrive in the uh, big old world out there. SGS College is the home of Bristol's higher education sports programmes. The programmes are designed to develop unique, innovative and creative sports practitioners ready for industry. Do you want to be a coach or teacher of the future? Start your journey here at SGS College and become more than just a graduate. Visit sgscol.ac.uk to apply now. Uh, Rusty, live on the pod with Johnny McMurty, live from Brisbane. How are you, mate? You well? Good, thanks. Yourself? I'm very well. I'm very well. And that's a strong Brisbane accent you've got going on. There. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's like a combination of home and away and Father Ted, I've been told. So. <laughs> nice. Mate, do you want to... Uh, look, thanks for jumping on. We finally finally did this. Uh, do you want to kind yeah. of give a, a brief synopsis of what got you to be sat in a room with a 2003 World Cup final <laughs> team that came second jersey uh, behind you? Yeah, so um, I'll, I'll, I'll work from where I am and work backwards, sitting in a steamy converted office, which is a garage as well. So in this Brisbane heat, it's it's not it's not compromising. But yeah, I'm been living in Brisbane, as you can tell, Irish accent. Been living in Brisbane now for 15 years. Moved out here for work and stayed. Fortunately, um, started off in Melbourne, moved up to Brisbane, um, still involved as say in the mining industry, quarry industry, but. Um, always had an itch for rugby union in particular and coaching in general. Um, for the past few years, I've been doing research in conjunction with uh, Rugby Australia and the University of Queensland, uh, looking into why um, elite adolescent rugby players are involved in the sport, uh, the million-dollar question. Um, so I, I was, again, was very fortunate that Rugby Australia um, a few years ago were willing to take this on. So I was given access to all five of the super franchises. Uh, initially, we thought it was going to start with the Reds, but you know, they thought it was a good idea to, to chat to all the franchises. So um, what we were trying to look at was you know, why they're involved in their sport, uh, where this sort of stemmed from. Um, I have an 18-year-old son who dropped out of rugby twice, um, largely down to overzealous coaching. That's you know, pretty much why we can coin it. So that's where I wanted to look into just that adolescent dropout. You know, I mean, why these players are involved in the sport, what what keeps them involved, and what they enjoy both within the sport and they're away from the sport to try and bridge that connection. Try, try and you know, just give coaches not not you know not a sort of uh, a fine paintbrush of it, but just a broad stroke of um, what they should what they should be talking about. You know, what they can question around, what these players are interested in, and um, so they can possibly cater and target the programs a little bit better just to, for that, you know, I mean, higher retention rate, not necessarily to upskill the players or, or, or you know, create more wallabies or, or anything like that. It's more like I've always, you know, I, mean, I said to the blokes who 
you've asked me about this research, it's, it's not necessarily about your next wallaby, it's about your next coach, you know, I mean, admin, bloke, sponsor, supporter, it, it's all these other things. It's, it's actually engaging them within the sport so that they want to stay in it, you know, for longer uh, and enjoy it more. Um, so, yeah, that's that's sort of me in a nutshell, what I've been doing the past few years anyway. So. Nice. I'm doing a bit of mining alongside it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, um, what, what do you mean by overzealous coaching? Um, just just uh, pushing – probably the best way to describe it is pushing their – pushing the coach's agenda opposed to the players. Um, ticking boxes, you know, really doing things because the coach thinks it's the right thing to do as opposed to, you know, I mean, having, the most powerful thing you can do is ask the players a question. Um, ask them, you know, what, what they think they should be doing, what they want to do, how they want to play the game, what they think works, what doesn't work. Um, essentially ignoring all that and then just pushing the boat out for what they think is important or what they've seen is important or what the Wallabies are doing or what the All Blacks are doing. It's, it's again, just like it's that old, it's the old saying of coach where your feet are. Understand the playing group you've got. Understand why they're there. Understand why they want to play the game. Like right down, you know, I mean, to, geez, we're in a, now, you know, 20, 2020 post-COVID era. At the end of the day, there's 101 things teenage boys could do uh, with their time. So why are they picking to, you know, I mean, come down and you know, stand in front of you, talk to them on a Tuesday, Thursday night and commit this Saturday game? So it's it's the oversellers coaching for me is just as I said it's, it's pushing their agenda as opposed to understanding why these fellows are there, who they are. Um, I can't think of it. Johnny Wilkinson said what bus stop they got in that you know, or got all that. You know, understanding the whole background of them. Of, and again, you won't you won't offer them everything. You can't you can't offer you can't make everyone the group happy. But it's actually understanding. You know, I mean, what the, what their goals and what their boxes are to take as opposed to. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, what do you want to try and achieve? And, 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 and I guess you'll have to generalise, but speaking to those players, what was their why? So what were the kind of themes that came across? Well, the big thing, so what we, the questions within the research, what we were trying to, it's, it's called a personal striving. It's like a, a personality development framework. Um, so it's typically what they were trying to achieve on a daily basis. So we try to find what they were trying to do within sport and away from sport. So um largely the fellas and it didn't change we, we question them when they're in the, the high performance section of the season when they're in that the, the super they played like a, a six game tournament against each other and then a final um and then when they went back to club rugby but it was pretty much the same across the board both in in sport and outside sport um when when they're playing rugby when they're involved with it it was it was what we call achievement based driving so they were trying they had goals and markers within themselves that they had identified and that they wanted to try and achieve um, now this wasn't. There was no talk of winning flags, winning competitions, winning cups or anything like that. Which really, you know, I mean, I, when I presented it to some of the coaches, they were actually in despair about it. But again, it was just these personal goals and markers that they had within themselves that they were trying to, you know, and it, it boiled right. It was, uh, you know, trying to. It was quite specific things: be a better liner jumper, get a better left hand pass, right up to just. Just have a better, um, better diet, better way of life, uh, better sort of life rugby balance, um, and then away from sport, then they had all these close, meaningful relationships, deep connections. Um, yeah, so it, it, it was almost for for people looking at the data, it was it was disappointing because it looked it looked and read as that you know I mean, players went to rugby 
solely just to they were just ticking a box they were just it was very personalized it wasn't it wasn't this collective goal or anything like that but it, it was actually reflecting on work and that was myself included it was almost like oh shit what about what have i dug up here essentially um but it was amanda bizek's work um i'm not sure you know i mean if you've heard or seen you know what what she's talking about as well but it was it was stuff within very similar findings within my research sort of were parallel with hers at the end of the day it was the likes of it was trying hard. Um, again, it was achieving these goals and markers that they were trying to find. Uh, just trying and improving, challenging goals, um, positive coaching. So again, positive coaching wasn't necessarily, you know, all the, the hyped up American, you know, in Yahoo type stuff, whatever. Uh, it was more honest feedback, something that they can reflect on, work on, and, and just try and improve themselves. Um, so yeah, so that that was the overarching theme from the fellas. Um, they seen the core, the, the coach was almost seen, and that, that is where we found when we did some of the um, language review of the data. The coach was seen as a resource; he was seen as a sponge, uh, which again, some of the coaches got quite afraid of. But uh, and that's what I'm trying to say: like, is, is this you're 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 you know I mean you're not the you're not front on stage; you're sort of the, the support crew here. At the end of the day. The players, we should be allowing them the room and expression to play and, and and work on you know the areas that they want to work on and that they feel they need to work on. And if they come to you for a bit of advice, that's when that's when you talk, that's when you give it to them, and that's when you question. And again, I always said to them the power of questioning as well as you know, I mean, asking, trying to understand what they're thinking about. So they have these goals, they have these markers, they've stepped away from it and they've come and asked you for a bit of advice. That's when. As he asks these questions, you're trying to sort of dig a bit deeper and you know peel off those layers of onions that you're trying to understand. Well, what what bit is it you're you know I mean you're not getting from from the practice, or what bit do you want to work on as an example? So, so yeah, it, it was as I say, it was initially daunting because as like I said, I, I find what I found initially, I was like, well, shit, they're not they're not actually here to enjoy themselves. They're not actually there to enjoy rugby, but. As I say, you, you actually dig into it and you're like, oh no, hold on. They are they actually are enjoying it. But it's it's a more individualized enjoyment or focus as opposed to that sort of collective, you know, I mean goals, flags winning that again usually comes from the sidelines as opposed to uh, within the group. So Yeah, I mean, and it would make sense. I mean, they're all individuals, aren't they? None of them are the same. And and Visex work around fun maps would is quite a large sample size, isn't it, around yeah, why do kids engage in sport? Um, it just got me thinking a little bit again as well. Like, so for coaches a, a resource, then how much uh, time is the coach, coach getting better at becoming an even better resource is something I'm thinking about. And then also, um, so what I think you're saying is actually there wasn't as much stuff around being part of a team and a collective and a tribe and belonging to something as you thought. And I guess my question is like, do you think that would be different in a club or a school, or are you talking about lads that were in a club and a school as well? Or because often the, some of the rep stuff is slightly more temporary. Um, often they're also, you know, there is a bit more of a I hear conversations around, well, I want to get to the next level type stuff. So I don't know whether you think that that might be a factor in it as well. No, definitely, and, and, and like you're saying, this was yeah, it was initially a rep environment, and so it was probably a bit sterile. Like, 
like I said before, uh, I wasn't allowed access. Like I would have loved to have got the data and then probably ask that second or third layer of questions. Um, but I wasn't really granted access, just it, it being a research and it being sort of independent and anonymous uh, by and large for, for the data I was trying to collect. So I didn't get to ask that second and third layer of questions that I re really wanted to. But yeah, there was definitely a feeling from the uh, high performance environment when they're involved with the super franchises. Like you, you could almost feel within their answers, it was a bit sterile. It was, you know, they were trying to get the markers. They were trying to, like some of these fellas are, you know, I mean, 19, 20 years of age are coming into the last period of the sort of age grade stuff. So it was it was either contract or bust, um, or they're going back to club land or going back to their apprenticeship or whatever it might be. Um, yeah, in the second period of the season, it was the same players, but they had stepped into their club environment. Uh, there probably was a bit more sort of affiliation. They did recognise being more part of a group with within the clubs, but again, it was still like these are highly, highly driven players. You know, I mean, they're, they're obviously identified by their state. You know, I mean, they're they're some of the best of their you know, respective age grades across it. So they probably still it, it still came across. They still had these markers and and goals to achieve um, and, and almost boxes to tick off, um, as opposed to yeah, just just embracing the game and again for me the, the second or third layer of questions and why I, I wanted to step into the environment was it, it, again it's almost the chicken and the egg question have these players become this way uh, yeah, sort of that sterile um, individualized focused from the environment or, or you know I mean have, have has the environment been created by them if that makes sense it was trying to understand you know, I mean, which which it sort of come first? Yeah, is it is it because of this high performance, high pressure environment that they are this way, or has the environment created them to, to feel this way towards the sport? And that's yeah, that's that's where well, the people come think, in. Which one would you think it is if you were to put your money on it? Um, being involved, and again, this isn't this isn't disrespect to rugby Australia or anything within it. Being involved with uh, the likes of junior gold uh, programs and junior reds programs in the past, it was very prescribed. It was right down to the nuts and bolts of well, this is this is what a good this is what a good pass looks like. You know, I mean, we're talking leading foot, shoulder, hands high, and it's, a good pass is when it hits the you know, I mean, the receiver and he's running onto it. What, however and whatever it looks like at the end of the day, like we, you can sit and look at a million one different golf swings and it's exactly the same. You know, at the end of the day, if the ball, the closer the ball gets to the hole, at the end of the day, that's that's a decent golf swing, is it not? So it was it was just the rigidity of the systems. Um, and, and, and again, that, that went right through to the coaching. And I understand, you know, I can understand you're trying to create wallabies. It's a professional environment. You're trying to create... You're, you're, you know, you're streamlining and trying to, you know, find, get a return for your investment based on, you know, the, the time and effort and money that's being put into these players. But I just, yeah, I, I just think the problem is if the system isn't right, then you're going to see and you're just going to get the same, same shit, essentially. So. Yeah, I was just uh, looking there at the... Um... I've just, I know I've got a document from 2016 that's the uh, Australian Under-20 Coach Development Workshop that's got lots of kind of information and detail in, and it's quite a technical model. Uh, I mm -hmm. think what you're talking about is effectiveness. Uh, how many pages do you think it's got? Uh, or oh, the, the training manuals for the coaches? Yeah, the training I would get, <laughs> yes, about 80 maybe. Got 114 pages. Um, um, yeah, right. A lot of information. <laughs> 
Um, mm. I mean, it, my big, yeah. I, my I, big. I guess another question to think about as well, alongside that, and look, it, it's something I definitely observe and notice is also that without you don't even have to say it, but uh, coaches will kind of also adopt that kind of mindset and philosophy and go, well, we're now in a really, really serious environment. So we should be doing more serious things, things that look like I think serious coaching looks like. And that's, I guess that was my big thing as well. I was stepping into, like we had, we had the best of the best. We had players driving, you know, I mean, 100, 200 kilometers uh, for like a Sunday morning. I'm talking early Sunday morning training. And we were you know, shoving them in a box. It was, you know, for me, we should have been going, and, and again, don't get me wrong, so, um, because Chris Lane was involved in it, I think he's over to Germany 7s or something like that, and um, he was a good bloke, and he he introduced a lot more crossfield 7s and things like that. They allow these fellas to express themselves. Um, yeah, Adrian Thompson did something similar, but yeah, it, it, it just felt that we, and as you said, as coaches, we were almost going, well, yeah, these are the best, like the same thing. We, we need to make sure that they're doing everything. Practice has to be perfect. Um, that These fellas have to be, you know, I mean, there should be no drop balls. There should be no, uh, you know, there should be no, you know, I mean, aimless kicking. There should be no, uh, you know, essentially, you know, flick passes or anything like that. Again, I was I was questioning myself and, and a few other groups as well. It's like, well, why? Like, the, the, this is this is the environment where these fellas should be doing this. They've done they've done the graph. We understand they they can catch pass, they can tackle, they can kick, they can do all these things. You know, I mean, they are, you know, I mean, better than the, the your basic you know I mean player. And yet we still tried to sterilize the talent that they had, and yeah, just 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 you know, and try and sort of force them into a certain direction. And essentially, we're categorizing, you know, what I mean? so as opposed to just letting them, you know, not necessarily run free, but express themselves, you know, what I mean? do 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 different things, try you know, I mean, try different things from what they would normally do in in, in the sort of club or school environment. It's easy, isn't it? Though you just put someone in a box and say they're this, and tell them that this is how they do it, and then it you might reduce some risk or you might feel slightly better as a coach. That, Whereas actually, and <clears throat> this came to life for me a bit last week, actually, where we, I was talking with some coaches about a player and how he takes, you know, how he becomes in charge of his own learning. And actually, how do we create a spark in his eye? How do we light mm. him up? How does he get really excited about the thought of being the person that throws into the 2023 20, World Cup final? as opposed to watching it on telly. What's the stuff we can do? And um, I think that's our job as coaches. And I guess, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because obviously we connected over your blog stuff and I think lots of real interesting stuff there. The information is out there. So there's probably a couple of filters. One is like the filter of, um, well, this is this doesn't sound normal to me. And so you lose some people at that point. You might also, you know, you'll influence some people, but then they might go into an environment like a rep environment and and actually the filter there is we don't do stuff like that around here. So if you could just be a coach and we'll put you in a box as well, then that would make this whole process a little bit easier. I mean, how, what have you found from your blog? So do you feel like it's had impact? What's been the kind of feedback you get from that? Yeah, well, I, I we were talking before about, you know, I mean, the, the, the good blog posts and whatever and, and the most read stuff. Look, again, it's come back to, I think, and again, this could be as well because of what's going on. Obviously, the pandemic is going on. Um, it's actually, yeah, just focusing on, like I said, the power of questions, the power of relationships, 
again getting over like the you know, the game, especially taking rugby union as the example, the game's malleable and always moving. Rules are changing. How you know? I mean, how we play. Like you look at Eddie Jones' comments at the end of the day. Like, yeah, it's it. You know, I mean, we're going through this tra- transition of heavy kick, heavy defense. You know, I mean, but those rules were changing. Pe- how people were changing, all adapt and whatever. However, how you connect and how you get, you know, I mean, how you uh, offer what you find important about the game, or or what, or just find it out what the players see about the game as well. Like they're the ones actually stepping over the paint, and um, they're the ones who are going to actually, you know, push and try and implement the ideas that you're um, offering and, and and suggestions that you're going to make for how the game should be played. So for me, a, a big one is is the power of questioning, understand the relationships, like what you tiptoe around there before. You know, why are the, you know why are these fellas involved in you know in the game? Yeah, that that's why my research sort of tiptoed around it. Like even talk, even uh, like I, some of the best comments I've heard, I was talking to uh, Pedersen of the season, uh, Shane Webke, uh, so the player for the Brisbane Broncos, talked about William Bennett. You know, I mean, arguably the greatest rugby league coach there ever is, ever was. Um, and even they just said, you know, I mean, he would come out, jog out. You know, I mean, he'd talk to them for about three or four minutes. How's the wife? How's the kids? Oh, your missus had the flu last week. How's she feeling? Blah, 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 and stuff like that. And then we talk about the game. And it, yeah, he, Shane Webke says, after three minutes, I would have ran through a brick wall for him. It's as simple as that. Because he, he had just established that point of connection. He made me feel like the most important person there. He gave me two snippets for the game and off I went. So I just think, yeah, it's coming back to your point. I, I just think that it's, you know, from the blog post and whatever, it's, you know, we're talking got to focus on more about how we're coaching as opposed to what we're coaching. The content is is that. The game will change. Your sport will change. You know what I mean? It's a lot of sports coaches are, you know, we're developing these communities of practice where, um, you know, you can talk to other coaches and other sports and whatever. And your book is a great example of that where you'll talk to coaches about different sports. Yeah, that's just that's just the stuff at the end of the day. How you coach, how you connect, how you question. Um, and then how how you reflect on it? Like yeah, that's 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 the big thing for me. So. Our um, so would a community practice be a, a becoming a normal thing in Australia? Because something I'm curious about is how how much sharing goes on over there. What does coach development look like? If I'm uh, coaching on a pitch on a Sunday morning on my own, what, where do I where do I learn as a coach? Yeah. Look, um, I'm really fortunate to be part of like what we call it, you know, SIG, a special interest group. Um, so we have all uh, all the um, combination of students who are doing you know various different research and, and, and degrees and whatever, and we sort of come together on a Friday morning. Um, my advisors, Cliff Mallet, Stephen Wren, they also organise um, the likes of they have high performance coaches within netball, um, you know, I mean, hockey, rugby rugby league you know they, they all sort of combine in so again i'm sure i'm sure it's very similar like there's a lot of universities obviously you know loughborough liverpool john moore you know i mean there's a lot of good sports universities over there but the big thing that we found like there's so much you know I mean, skype content and, and people just willing to chat you know i mean about coaching um but yeah like, again i'm fortunate within australia as i said there's been a lot more it's been refreshing as well because i think uh, we actually did a, you know, I mean, a discussion about it as part of our group there a few weeks ago, just saying, well, you know, I mean, how has COVID changed, and has it changed, as you said, coach development for the better? It's like, well, yeah, yeah, because ultimately, you know, this really broke down barriers to go, you know, this is our sport, stay out, you know, I mean, we, this is our thing, we do it this way, 
Whereas it was like, well, we didn't know what rugby or any sport was going to, any, any sort of organized team sport was going to look like when we came back. So all of a sudden we were, you know, we were reaching out to, you know, I mean, other sports going, well, what have you been doing? How have you been keeping in touch with your players? Like I seen, as I say, I was working with a swim coach and seeing the work they put in, holy ghost, like they were doing Zoom yoga stuff. You know, again, because like all this, the swimming clothes were probably closed the longest in Australia. And they were only open a few, you know, I mean, a few months ago. Um, so we had all these fellas and, and he's trying to, you know, I mean, stay in touch. And, and he's a really good coach, really relatable and whatever, but it even tested his patience. You know, and that's where I said, well, you know, we chat the other coaches, what they're doing. And he got two or three ideas and let's say they did Zoom yoga and they did fun runs and whatever. So, so yeah, I think the best thing for, you know, for, for the coach education, like you were talking about, it, it's just broken down a few barriers. It's broken down a few stereotypes um and just opened up a few ideas and avenues and, and like, uh, yeah hopefully long may it change you know I mean? like we're, you know we've done a lot of uh, coaching catch-ups yeah it, it always had to be face-to-face and now you know i mean zoom or skype or whatever it is is just it's not the norm which is great you know i mean it's created so much more time you know i mean for me like i've got three kids and to be able just to catch up as opposed to have to drive you know i mean be at a pitch and then drive home and whatever it's just yeah this type of content and being being sort of accessible to to other coaches wherever you may be has been been a real positive as well so nice i'm doing zoom yoga and zoom hits once a week and uh it's making a big difference to how i feel and it's building connections with some people hey tell everyone what you're up to at call 37 hi fletch we're a teamwear brand based in the northeast and we're the sister company of oddballs We've got the largest sports sublimation factory in the UK and we've produced for the biggest brands in Europe over the past seven years. But with Core 37, our in-house brand, you can now access those prices direct to the customer. Why would people use Core 37? Uh, if I was to pick three, Fletch, it would be our lead time of three to four weeks, our price, which is lower than anybody else in the industry, and the fact that we're made here in the UK. What's the stuff you're most proud of with Core 37? Oh, there's loads of stuff, but... The, the key one for me would be working for a company that, that genuinely believes in its own mission statement, which is to produce performance sportswear at an affordable price. And then underpinning that is the people, everybody who works here is involved in grassroots sport in some way. And so we genuinely care about what we're doing here. Fletch, why do you want to partner with Core 37? Uh, apart from the fact you're a Geordie, uh, great people, uh, lots of people involved in sport, really affordable and top quality. Thanks for joining us, Wilkie. Anyone who wants to find out more can go and have a play on their website at core-37.com or they can reach out directly to tom at core-37.com. What, um, so you're about to, st- your PhD is going to be in kind of this type of stuff in how do we retain um, young people as they move from being a kid to the next day they're told they're an adult and this stuff's all very serious. What kind of... <laughs> clues do you think you're going to give for coaches so what's the i've heard like understand what people's kind of motivations are and why they're there and what they kind of maybe wants and needs are any other stuff that's that's coming out loud and clear to you um it's just that yeah it's the big thing is that transition it's just understanding where sport fits within you know that period of life and again that that was the big thing that we find within rugby union and what i want to identify within uh, you know, it's uh, almost it's a co-ed school as they step out of school as well. Um, just trying to understand where sport 
fits into their life story. You know, I mean, because when they when they become an adult, you know, that's when the, they step into the third stage third stage of personality development, and it starts to you know, this is their life story, and they look at where they are now and work back. So again, if if um, their sport, be it rugby union, be it netball, whatever it might be give them certain things as if that was their social connection if it was you know part of their identity because they they're involved in that high performance section thing um that you know that has to be relatable that has to you know we as coaches then have to identify that and make sure it fits or how we're offering it like at the end of the day we're offering a product we're offering uh, something that they're committing their time money efforts all to so we have to offer them a product that they're going to engage in so it's, it's sort of stepping in and, and offering it to them on their level and understanding why they're involved in it and what they want to do, what they want to achieve from it um, to, you know, to offer it. Because again, like we had you know, various players involved in apprenticeships, study, full-time work. Um, you know, some fellows were still involved in school. Um, so yeah, we had to find, again, just purely on the timing sort of thing as well. Um, just you know, you know where these fellas can find time as an example or ladies hopefully in the future and um, where they can find time to you know I mean make this commitment to sport to a level that they're sort of satisfied and you know I mean happy with so so yeah I, I just want to look we got a, we got a snapshot for the, you know, the my current research and future research I just want to sort of look at a big thing for me like I said you know I mean my son dropping a rugby you know I mean <laughs> broke my soul but it was more for me just trying to understand how, as a coach, or you know, how I could offer feedback to rugby union, the sport, you know, again, the sport I love, and um, how we can keep these fellas involved in sport for longer. Um, yeah, because again, hopefully it, it'll offer them a bit of life skills and shit. We you know, you know, it's like being an 18 year old day, but so much going on, it's not funny. So if we can offer them just a little snippet, you know, I mean, if it's four hours a week, six hours a week of something where they step away, like the data showed, something where they step away from their real life, normal life, whichever we want to call it, um, so they can step into sport and just try and have something for them, try and you know, have goals and markers that they want to achieve for themselves. If we as coaches can offer that in, in some form of a program, then you know, hopefully we're making them, if nothing else, a, a more balanced person, happy person as an example. So yeah, that, that's that's ultimately what I want to try and look at just to, yeah. Nice. Um, look, as it sounds like there'll be some good questions there to ask people, but also, I guess, co-creating the programme with the kids would be helpful. I mean, as you mm-hmm. said, you're not going to necessarily tick every box for every person, but you'll do a reasonable job if you if you ask the question. I was thinking, um, does your son's ex-coach, does he know why your son's up town? Uh, he did, because I told him. You know, and that's and how much attention he paid to it was fine. But again, that's I, I, I just I, I just told him. What's that, right? How did he react to that information? Oh, he 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 seemed shocked and surprised. You know, what I mean, like why wouldn't a fourteen-year-old want to commit to a four and a half month preseason? Yeah, again, and and again, that was just that was just what was expected. You know, he was in one of the top clubs in Brisbane. It was the it was the A team in inverted commas for, you know, I mean the under 14 age grade. So, you know, there was this level of commitment. But and and again, that was fine. You know, there there was another, you know, I mean 12, 14 fellas who were happy to do it. But my son wasn't, you know, I mean he he was interested. It was the summer he wanted to play a bit of golf. He wanted to do a few other things, which you know I mean I wholeheartedly agreed with at the end of the day. But yeah, the coach was he was a bit taken back, you know, but at the end of the day, he still carried on doing what he was doing. That was fine. So, and that's 
again, that's sort of what ultimately drove me. I said, I wanted to almost get a, I asked a few of his friends and they were like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit weird. It's a bit full on, but you know, ultimately they, they seem the greater good for it. Um, whereas, you know, Jacob, my son was just like, no, that's, it didn't fit with him. It didn't, you know, it, it, he, that's not how he seen rugby, which was cool, you know, that I was fine with. So at the end of the day, it's, he has to be involved in it. You know, I mean, the way he sees it. So, yeah. No, it's strong. They, I'm assuming the other kids are going to get to the next level. What what would a community <laughs> session look like? So if you if you were able to run a um, a provincial or a, a rugby Australia session, <clears throat> if you were the boss, what would a what would your session look like? And, and also, I guess what would sit around it? So you spoke a bit about kind of Wayne Bennett and how he greets people and how important that is. What are you thinking about when I ask that question? Yeah, well, I, I, just look, I, I love the sort of game space approach. You know, I, ultimately, I and some of the questions I ask the coaches that I'm involved with, and that's you know, it's within soccer, it's within rugby or whatever that I've, I've done in the past is, I mean, does this look like the game that you want to play? Does this look like the game that they want to play? So then, that's what training has to reflect for me. So, uh, it, like, I, I like um, obviously. A lot of touches on the ball, a lot of contact because that is the game. You know, I like sort of modified games, smaller games. Um, yeah, just, just you know, overstacking the sides, for example. But but at the same time, I, I you know, I talk to the players as well. So like even when I was doing the age grade stuff, you know, under nines and whatever. So what are we doing good at the weekend? What do we need to work on? How do you want to work on it? You know, what I mean, so just ideas like that again involving them because. I, I might see something completely different to what they feel if I, you know, I mean, oh, you know, our wide channels were defending poorly or something like that. Maybe we need to work on that sort of drift defense tackle. But they felt, you know, I mean, it was something else. So again, it's that, it's, as you said, it's that communication side of things. It's actually asking the questions, waiting for the answer. Don't just assume. Um, and because, as I said, eight, nine-year-olds, they will have an opinion. Um, you might want to hear it most of the time, but they will have an opinion of how they want to play the game and you can structure your training sessions right there. So, um, gosh, what would I do for um, a Wallabies or Rugby Australian training? I'd, I'd certainly practice a drop goal. I know that. Um, I'd, uh, I'd, be getting, I'd be getting someone to hit a drop goal. Um, but, yeah, look, I, I, look, I think Australia's on... It, it is it is improving, I guess. My, my big thing is we have so much talent waiting in the wings and we haven't exposed it. Um, so I, I don't know if, uh, if I can add a chat to Dave Rennie and just say, well, look, what it, it's for me, the big thing is it's, it's not about how the team looks now. It's not how, you know, I mean, what, what, what the team and what the sessions and what the development looks like now. It's, you know, I mean, we're working towards, you know, we're, we're a couple of years away from the World Cup. Um, I just I just look at the development of you know I mean you know France and I haven't seen the game yet but I've read the reports and things like that. It was your second string side. They just yeah my money's on France to win the World Cup because they're just throwing people in just to see how it works and um, yeah again there's a bit of fizz and flair always with the French so I'm just yeah see how it comes out but yeah um, yeah just the assessment for me look yeah very much game based very much. Uh, Player led, um, we're sort of the, the you know the support actors. Let them drive it, um, but yeah, it's it's just it's trying to identify the markers that they see and want to achieve within themselves, um, and and just us us pushing it, and reminding it, and yeah, just it's just trying to get the ultimately get to the game that they see they want to play. So. Yeah, the um, I mean, I guess a, a challenge for lots of coaches is it's quite hard to be the support actor as well. That's quite a big leap to take from 
I've got a coach on my back and this is what I think it is. Had a fascinating chat with John Mitchell about this last week. And, um, you know, he just, you know, he, I was kind of saying, what would your current self say to John Mitchell back in, you know, 2000? And, and, and actually he said that some of the stuff I do now wouldn't have worked then. And some of the stuff I did back then wouldn't work now, but, you know, perhaps what we think of as a coach is, is, is starting to change slightly, which I think is helpful. And by the way, fans will be very good at the work. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Sean, Sean Edwards is a very astute signing uh, to sort of galvanise up their, their uh, respectable areas. But yeah, I, I think uh, a French team who have done well in the past couple of under 20 World Cups, players coming through, players being tried and tested, and in France. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be very short and by the time we get to 2023. So. And I'm thinking um, you're obviously uh, interacting with lots of other kind of coaches and your, your blog will get a lot of interactions with people. What's the stuff in lockdown that you feel has kind of surprised you? Uh, you've added to your coaching. You've, you know, you've thought, oh, I never really thought mm. of that before. Any, any stuff that you've encountered in lockdown? Um, uh, your lockdown has yeah. been significantly different to ours. So lockdown yeah, yeah. this March I, today. Yeah, I can't. Uh, speaking of friends in, in in Northern Ireland still and whatever, I, I can't imagine what we were just wandering about the shops. It's all back to normal and things like that. But um, yeah, like, anyway, yeah. Speaking to yeah, the big thing has been like we were talking about before. It's just that that, that yeah, the breaking down of barriers. That, you know, I mean, that, that speaking with other coaches. Um, not being afraid to share ideas. Again, we were so clinging to our, you know, I mean, this this is the way we do things, and this is, you know, I mean, this is this is how rugby played. It's not the game. We don't coach like this. And yeah, it, it's been even refreshing to see. Yeah, again, I think it was done at UQ and a few other clubs where, um, yeah, they've had, you know, I mean, fellas on the likes of the netball pitches and the swimming pool and things like that. Just just burying up the practice and just just using different ideas, different methodologies and. Um, yeah, it, it's been again refreshing to see a lot of coaches as well just a, adjust what they're thinking. Um, again, it was always done a certain way and and, and you know, certain drills and certain you know certain ways how things were done. And yeah, like I know you were going through different stages, building up to you know in full contact and whatever. So I'm sure that the modified practices and how things have been done has been really quite you know quite. Which is quite jarring for some coaches as well. Um, it, it really sort of pushing them out. Um, look, if, yeah, it, it's just it's been quite good for you know, I mean, a lot of coaches, a lot of people who are involved in it. UQ, um, just to sort of see, yeah, just the sharing of ideas. You know, even speaking to people in New Zealand, um, you know, just the, the different sports and the different avenues that they're looking at. Um, but yeah, just just that openness and sharing and and, and how things are shared as well. Um, a lot more, a lot more videos, a lot more you know digital formats, and a lot more accessibility for for you know like grassroots coaches to call it that. So. Yeah, a lot more accessibility. My two favourite things I've done in lockdown both came about by me just well, emailing someone and then tweeting someone. So I went to Bermuda because I sent a tweet. I mean, how ridiculous is that? Yeah, I mean, it's horrible as well. So, yeah, it's tough. Yeah. And they, but that's the reality. I mean, people can now access. I mean, people can access Dave Rennie. They could access anyone, really. I'm sure they could access an Australia under 20 camp. They could go see regional stuff. Certainly over here, it's much more um, yeah. easy for people to connect. 
Absolutely, yeah. I think it's wipe the eye, as I say, even even within rugby and whatever. It's certainly wipe the eye of well, if, if if you keep if you keep them at arm's length, they're just never going to come. Especially in this day and age, as I say, there's so you know there's so many other ways that people or so many other sports and and, and other digital formats. You know, what I mean that that people can use or waste their time, whichever way you want to look at it. Um. So yeah, as I say, if you keep them at arm's length as opposed to bringing them in. And then yeah, you're 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 going to be left out in the cold. So so hopefully, yeah, with this time, I think there's been uh, a lot more people bringing them in and giving them a hug as opposed to shutting them away. So. Nice. What's in store for the next blog? What are you What have you been uh, looking up? Couple couple of things. So uh, Mark Sullivan and Tyler Yearby also, you know, I mean, they shared a couple of things there the other day again about the power of asking questions. Um, spoke to Dan Codrell about it there a few weeks ago. So. The, the big thing for me is, yeah, what I want to, you know, I mean, talk a bit more about is the power and importance of asking questions. And again, it doesn't matter, you know, it doesn't matter if it's a, a new player or, you know, I mean, a professional or age player or whatever it might be. Again, it's just, it's that, that open-ended question as well. It's not just, you know, you're not, you're not looking for one word answers. You're looking for a bit of reflection, a bit of ideas, a bit of, yeah, just, just that back and forth. You know I mean? At the end of the day, that's, you're coaching players. You're not coaching robots. You know, you're 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 commit as a coach. You're committing your time. You know what I mean. And, and by and large, most of us are. You know, I mean, have family around us and whatever. So you're committing your time. So why do you want to go out there and just you know make it black and white? You know, add a bit of color to it. You know, get some feedback, get some back and forth. At the end of the day, that's that's the sort of energy and that's what you want to see. So so yeah, I'm. I'm started you know I, I grab a few bits and i'll share you know i mean the other blog posts that have been shared around but yeah i just want to chat a bit more about you know the power of questioning again the, the hard work yeah uh, what's your top questions what's your what's your questions yeah you, i'm playing around with some questions at the moment so um, i want to see uh, I like yours yeah. and i'll share mine yeah i i like you know i mean like some of your questions here you know i mean what you fellas have asked you know who's your favorite player what does he do that you like um, even for the senior players, it, it's it's like, well, you know, what, what what did you see in the game? What do you, you know, give me three ways that you could have beaten that. You know, I mean, if it's a shard of defence, so, all right, well, let's go try it. You know, again, so you're asking them, and then if they come up with the three, you know, the three things and how to beat something, then it's coming from there. Then there's no there's no scolding for for tactics or anything like that, or the coach told me to do. It was their idea, so it, there's a bit more buy-in from it as well. I think if you if you you know I mean ask the questions and not necessarily jump on their response but give them a bit of energy around it then you'll get a bit more buy-in you'll get a bit more energy put in you know I mean for the possible responses as well but yeah for, for it's always interesting with you know I mean the age group players and so you know you'll ask you you know I mean their favorite player is and it might be a rugby league player as opposed to a rugby union one but yes you know, you get them you just again you're just trying to find out. Well, what does he do that you like? Well, you know, I mean, how about how about you try and do it? You know, I mean, again, I love you know, I mean, your guys, the Magic Academy point system for you know trying to give them extra points if they try something. So uh, I don't I don't know if he was talking to Johnny Sexton, but I've never I would never have seen him do a kick like that. You know, I mean, a few years ago, but uh, anyway, that's good. So so yeah, just just things like that, just asking you know questions about you know what we can do, what it looks like, as say how you know, I mean, right down to the basic question: How was your day? What were you, you know, what, what were you doing? Oh, you're at school. What did you do today? You know, I mean, how, how's your mum and dad? I turned to that, like actually get painting a better picture of the bloke that's standing in front of you. you know, yeah. So that you can understand where they're coming from, what they're doing, what's going on between them and stuff like that. So, Those, uh, that, that list of questions you just gave are the list of questions I ask my kids and they go, Dad, stop asking questions. 
Um, it got me uh, kind of thinking, and I'll share some questions I've been playing around with. But but I'm often looking at sessions going two things, like how much thinking are the players having to do versus the coach? And then also, what assumptions are we making that we could actually just find out about? And quite frankly, like, what could be the unintended consequences of making those assumptions? Well, this kid can't concentrate. Well, maybe if you ask him, you know, how he would make the practice better, he might look like he's concentrating more. Uh, and, and then also another thing around the questions was like, I've, I've worked with a few coaches and that, you know, especially with older players, they'll go, they're actually quite freaked out. They think we're trying to catch them out with questions. Mm. I think it would be normal. So here's my questions I've been playing around with. Uh, what was your best day and why? So actually I've been asking coaches, when were you at your best? When were you most able to be yourself? Um, what questions are you currently uh, have in your head? Um, which opens up loads of things, which I like. Uh, where, are you getting your, where are you currently getting your feedback from? Um, and what helped you achieve that? So if someone does something well, what helped you achieve it? And shout out to Andy Abrahams. We're just doing our prof doc and uh, <clears throat> we just did a piece on, on, on his section of the course and it got me thinking so much. What, like what's, <clears throat> what resources... What things are you bringing to conversations, to coach development, to coaching that are helping you? And and actually, in which areas do you need to develop those further as well? So, um, which is your favourite question out of them? Uh, oh, I like where where are you getting your feedback from? Uh, and it's uh, yeah, because I like that one as well. Because again, one of my favourite questions is who who asks who asks you the hardest questions? For me, that's a good question. Yeah, that's it. So the, for me, it's Mrs. McMurtry and Stephen Stephen my advisor. And again, I hate them both for it because they're asking the hard questions because they're trying to get at the end of the day, they're just trying to get the, the root of you know, I mean, what the itch, the brain itch that I have, and whatever. So, um, yeah, I even even write down to you. Know, I mean, what's your favorite dance move? Things like that. So it depends. It, it always depends on the context you're in. No, but, you know what I mean. Oh, real So, but yeah, it always depends the context you're in. At the end of the day, isn't it? So, if you if you feel comfortable as a player, that that's when you can you can ask those deeper, harder questions as well. And and as you said, I think the older players get freaked out by it because yeah, we we've gone into this um, standardized, structured sort of format. Um, but you know, I mean, we really want yeah the older player. We really want them. If we want them to engage, as you say, you, you start off with the basic questions and dig a bit deeper. So. Nice. You just made me think of two more questions that I've been asking uh, recently, uh, only because we used it on interviews. Uh, how are you currently developing self-awareness? Uh, yeah. And then uh, tell us what one thing that'll help us coach, lead, manage you better. Um, you know, asking the kids what well, one thing would help me coach you better is uh, usually get a pretty cool answer, to be honest. Yeah. Um, mate, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for all the blogs and the work you do. Where, where can people find you? Hopefully we'll get your your Twitter followers up a little bit. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Twitter, Twitter, fairly, fairly um, hot on Twitter. So uh, at coachingcoach underscore, I think it is. Um, anyone wants to flick me an email, just uh, johnny at coachingthecoaches.net. Um, but yeah, pretty keen to have a chat to anyone, as I say, in this 
um, especially in Brisbane, Australia, but across the world as well. So as this research comes to an end, and I'm looking to start my next research. So yeah, hopefully get back in the world and do a bit of uh, face-to-face coaching soon. So. Nice. And I like to call it a midlife crisis when you realise that mining isn't giving you everything you want and coaching is the thing that's, uh, that's, that's feeding your energy. Well, I said, sadly, mining was never giving me what I wanted, but it was, it let me buy a house and stuff like that. So, which coaching, I don't think ever was going to do, sadly. But yeah, no, no, that's, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Michael, it's been a pleasure. Have an awesome day and we'll catch up soon. Awesome. Cheers, man.